This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. Want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art science and enjoyment of craft beer yeah what's wrong with the beer we got now here are your hosts tim dennis and brian hewitt welcome to the beer guys radio show we are broadcasting from the beer guys radio studios in beautiful marietta georgia and this is our saint patrick's day saint patrick's day episode brian it's both of those things it is it is both of those things there's lots to talk about outside of just the beer we're gonna have a good time with it but there will be irish beer involved so i'm tim dennis with me as always my good friend co-host leprechaun probably probably brian hewitt hey tim unfortunately there is no green borg to celebrate the green holiday borg. as there should be but uh sad i i missed out i forgot we do have green on our shirts uh, yeah. we're wearing our beer guy shirts today and our our hop cone, uh, has hop cone green is green there, so technically so. we're in compliance nate's there. not in compliance though no so not at all we got to pinch him yes he will be pinched later so we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to get into the facts, the lies, and the legends of uh, St. Patrick's Day. We'll talk about the dry Irish stouts, things you can half and half with Guinness, and a whole lot more. It's the time of the year where we all get to pretend to be Irish, Tim. Right. Yes, yeah, we're it's all fantastic. Irish right now. Speaking of the pension thing, Brian, you ever seen anything about what the origins of that is? Where Greener get pinched? That sounds like a drunk origin thing. And that sounds like something that... Was made up in school or something like Probably. that. Yeah, just kind of an excuse to haze people for any reason. Because I ne- I didn't, that's where I was first uh, made aware of it, where I was right. first exposed to it. It's like, oh, you didn't wear green. <laughs> Pinch. I'm like, yeah. oh, I hate this. That's school thing. School <laughs> yeah. thing. I, I haven't been pinched in a while, even if I don't wear green. So hopefully that's, maybe we're, we're, we're too, too mature for that now. We're adults, Brian. I don't even think a lot of places you can... It's a, it's kind of against the rules to even make contact with another person. It's we are, yeah, we are very, very conscious and sensitive to the whole making contact with people. Believe thing. it or not, yeah. someone straight to jail. Straight to jail. Yeah. Yes. Honestly, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, you know, one of my favorite drinks when it comes to St. Patrick's Day, Sunny Delight. Of, of course. I think everybody likes to start their day with Sunny Delight. You know, you get, you know, you got the corned beef and cabbage. Yes. Later in the day, if you're American, you're going to have your corned beef and sure. cabbage. So, have a delightful sunny morning. Get started there. And uh, do you have it you, with whiskey, Irish whiskey? You know, I, I don't, but there is a new way, Brian, uh, there, is there to enjoy yeah. Sunny D. There is. Tell us about it. All right. Yes. So if you've run out of Irish whiskey and you're first thing in the morning and you still want to get that little bit of a buzz, you can have Sunny D's new vodka seltzer that they came out with recently. It's uh, it's going to be in select markets starting this weekend. So when you're hearing this, it will probably be in select uh, Walmarts. Uh, 4.5% ABV, 95 calories, and zero grams of added sugar. It, they will be in 12-ounce slim can, four packs for $9.99 price. It's such a, an impressively valuable thing. It may be marked up all the way to $15 or $16.99 for a four-pack. Who, Who knows? You know, we cover this just for the insanity of it, of yeah. seeing this go around Twitter and thinking there's no way there's a Sunny D seltzer coming out. But there is. Yeah, I really thought it was there a joke. Is. I saw and, it. Yeah. You know, when I saw that and they said lots of people have told us they like it as a mixer, I thought no one's ever said that. But Right. But, you know, <laughs> people like that. the vodka and orange, you know, so that's that's just a screwdriver, right? Vodka, orange juice. So maybe 
maybe, hey, I got some Sunny D here. I was reading some of the promotional materials, the press releases about it, and they're like, we tried what was out there, and we thought, we can do better. I'm like, mm, mm, I don't think you I did. Don't believe I, you. I, I, think, I think everything about this is a lie. I'm like, hold on. A lot of people are making money by putting vodka in their existing yeah, drink. Sure. We need to do that, Absolutely, too. Absolutely, that's, that's exactly what this is. We saw an opportunity to market something that people would buy just – for the craziness of it. And the, the, you know, the thing with this though is I think it's just going to be crowd. You're just crowding yourself in there. Yeah. And people are going to, you know what, Brian, we'll probably buy a four pack. We probably we'll will because we, we like to try the silly stuff, but I doubt that we'll ever buy a second four pack. Oh no. And the, the thing that people seem to be excited about, at least somebody I saw on Twitter, I wish I'd re- remember who it was, but they said, this moves us ever closer to the inevitable end of having Capri Sun, hard Capri Sun in the hard. little pouches oh. with the straws. See, even you're excited I'm about on, that. I'm <laughs> kind of on board for that. I'm kind of on board. When is that, that happening? It's, it's, it, it, we have the technology. Yeah. We can do this now. We can do this now. But Brian, more importantly, when we went on a hunt for Irish beers this year, it seemed to be a little thin on the shelves. Yeah. So I, we found a few, but typically, Look for your locals. That's always a good idea. A lot of local breweries do the dry Irish stouts or, you know, an Irish red ale, something along those lines. And it may be one you can only get at your local tap room. But we typically, when we go out here, at least three or four either nationally distributed ones, uh, but usually a lot of locals. That's one that I think just because of short time into the holiday and all that, they don't flood a lot out there. But normally we have a few from local breweries. And we know, like from our locals this year, we know that there was uh, three taverns did they do one called Mary Mabel. Yes. Uh, we have uh, Jekyll Brewing does Aaron Gobra. Correct. And Stillfire, I don't know the exact names of them, but I believe they have a dry Irish stout and an Irish red ale. I think it's like, I think it's a play on uh, his last name, like O'Farrell's or McFarrell's or something okay. like that. Yeah. yeah. Bill Farrell being the, yeah, uh, yeah. the brewer there. So, but anyhow, I think we just pretty much got, Brian, we kind of hit the macros this year. We kind uh, of out did. of necessity. Uh, it, yeah, we we did our best to find them, but I think that this is the one holiday where there isn't a tremendous amount of seasonal creep. We talk, I talked to the the uh, the owner of Three Taverns, and he says our our dry Irish stout isn't ready yet. It's going into kegs. Yeah, okay. You know, by the time you hear this, it will be out there. But as we're talking right now, it's not. So yeah, yeah. it was just it's not All on right. the shelves. We just were too soon, Brian. Yeah. Hashtag too soon. Too soon. That's right. So Brian, I've got one more question for you here. That's something I noticed based on some chat on the internet this week. And I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you think the hype is gone from craft beer? I think it depends on where you're at. I think there still are people that get hyped up about uh the hazies, the the limited for certain brewery breweries. They're still getting the big flats of the hazies and they're still trading. But I don't think it's as widespread as it once was. I think these are more niche places. There are Facebook groups and things like that where people are talking about these things. I don't see it. I don't see people getting in line. I don't see people getting a lot very excited. The people who do talk about beer seem to be more casual about it. We've we've got an abundance of good options right now. So that's part of it. Uh, rare beers are now what they call shelf turds. They sit on the shelf because people would rush out and buy them feverishly because, well, they're rare and it would be impossible to find again. Now you can get it anytime. Well, you don't need to run out and get that six pack of whatever. If you don't have the space for it, you you just, you hold off until you need it. It'll be there. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. Brian, I will say that I said exactly what you just said on the discussion earlier today. And, And for a couple of years now, when, I guess it would be around six years now when we got direct sales in Georgia back in 2017. 
a lot of our local breweries started throwing out sometimes a couple new beer releases a week. Yeah. That was really exciting at the time because we were so excited to have it. And I mentioned at the time, I'm like, y'all, we're going to, we're going to end up numbing our senses here as far as craft beer goes. It's going to be less exciting. If that local brewery that is so hyped and everybody lines up because they have a special release every couple of months, if that special release is twice a week, it's no longer as exciting as it used to be. You'll just wait till next week on it. I know. One and, big brewery had that issue where people would, would make every release and they felt obligated to do it because they always had. And when it became twice a week or every other week, you know, became- I got a lot of grief. People told me I was, there's no such thing as too much good beer. I, I get where they're coming from. It's great for the consumer because you know, you can walk into your brewery or your bottle shop and pick up great beer. Yes. But for the industry, it does take some of the hype and excitement back a little bit when there's that much of it there. So I think kind of a product of our own growth. We know, just like you said, Brian, you can walk out and you can get you good beer. You don't have to go stand in line. You don't have to do this and that. There's ways to get it online now. So it's just kind of the climate has changed. I think people still love their beer. The hype level just isn't what it was because it's not necessary anymore. We've totally burned out our, the pleasure centers of our brain. We so now when we see beer, we're just like eh, overloaded. Beer. I'll just grab the next. Yeah. One. <laughs> well, Tim, let's talk about the beers of the week. Brian, good Irish beers that we've got here. So Guinness, you got to have a Guinness sure. for St. Patrick's Day. You know, we we are macroing it up here pretty good, Brian. So we'll have we to are. admit we'll have to make that admit it. We got Smithix or Smithix. Depending, the discussion continues on what the proper pronunciation is there. We have Harp. We do have one from Left Hand, the Dry Irish uh, dry Irish Stout Nitro yes. that we'll get into. And a new one here in our area, Sullivan's not a new brewery, but new to our area, or at least new to me as far as I know. The Irish uh, Irish Red Ale and the Irish Gold, which we're drinking now, we'll talk about those more in the next segment. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Have you been to the Nest Kennesaw yet? Hi, I'm Adam, owner of the Nest in historic downtown Kennesaw, and I want to personally invite you to visit us. With the best damn barbecue in town, 48 taps of always rotating craft beers, a dog-friendly patio, all in two conjoined historical homes, we know there's something for you at the Nest Kennesaw. Find us at thenestkennesaw.com to start drooling over that menu, or go ahead and grab your friends, your family, or just yourself and come on in for a pint. The Nest Kennesaw, can't wait to have you at our table. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram back off man i'm a scientist now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show remember all episodes are available on demand so if you miss the broadcast get the podcast beer guys radio is available on all popular and unpopular podcasting apps let's get back to the irish beer show irish beers brian we're going to open some here so let me get this down by the mic and see if uh let's see if i can get this i'm listening Oh, yeah. That's I think I heard it. There, huh? I hope everybody else did, yeah. too. Yeah, so that's a nitro can, a little Guinness nitro can, so we'll get that opened up. We also have some Smittix here, Red Ale, and we're going to make uh, what they call a blacksmith. A blacksmith. We'll get into that. Yes, so, a- you know what? Quit putting your glass at me because I'm going to take this before I share with you, so don't. Oh, I was going to be getting up in my face like that. I was going to say uh, that you'd want to. Oh, you've got yours ready. Okay, never mind. So here, I'll you know, give me your glass. I'll blacksmith you. But why I get your beer ready, Brian? Uh, Interesting news this year. So St. Patrick's Day falls on a Friday. Correct. It's during Lent. Yes. That causes a bit of problems for Catholics. It does. Some of them. 
apparently yes and i'm not on what the news based on what the news is telling me here so uh yes meet on friday typically a no-no it turns out in some places of the country it's okay uh the archdiocese of galveston houston says that local catholics can eat meat on friday despite it being during lent but you will need to do an extra act of charity or penance in exchange for doing so so there's a little bit of a caveat there the diocese of buffalo gives you permission if you're a catholic to eat meat on friday but they will uh you will have to pick a different day to abstain from eating meat to make up for it so the archdiocese of chicago is not letting anybody they're not granting the the permission to do it so if you're in chicago you can't this made me go around looking on uh, looking on the internet to find out well so where can you do this there's a somebody put together a map it's a really interesting map it's like a, a weird voting map or something Northeast like that east and northwest are all like let's do it a lot of the midwest is oddly like opposed yeah. to it like some of these places are probably big meat-eating places so maybe I don't know if they take Lent more seriously or if because meat is such a big deal, they're like, this is more of a something you give up for Lent. I don't know. It's kind of yeah. it's weird that these these different regions, even in states, have different rules about what you can do this Friday. Do you know for the areas that are allowing it why they are allowing it? No, I don't. Okay. That's it. That's so, never been made clear. It's just I think it's a judgment call on the part of whoever's since, calling the shots locally. Since it's kind of the way of the world, I'm not Catholic, so I'm going to give my opinion on how the Catholics should behave. Yeah. <laughs> if it's during Lent and you're not supposed to eat meat, because my reason asking what it was, is it to honor St. Patrick, which I don't think it is. I don't think St. Patrick cares what you eat on St. Patrick. Oh, the giving up of the giving no, no, up no, of the meat? No, 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 the eating oh. of the meat. Oh, well, okay, the, sure. Giving people permission to eat meat. So my two cents is tough it out, y'all. You know, have you some corned beef and cabbage on Saturday. Eat your, go to your fish fry, do your thing. But, I mean, do you really need a special pass to eat meat one Friday? That's a you fair know, point. Is it? Now, Catholics, if any Catholics listen to this, and I've got it wrong because it is more important than that, let me know. Let me know. Now it is a traditional thing. I believe that they eat the uh, the Irish bacon, which we discussed at, at length last year. Uh, I was listening to our show. We talked about bacon a lot last a year. A lot of bacon talk. Oh bacon. yeah, a lot right. of. But eating Irish bacon and cabbage together is very much a tradition. So it may be a matter of the importance of tradition overriding the importance of what you know, the sacrifice of giving up something you enjoy or whatever. Okay. That, yeah, that yeah. comes comes along with uh, with Lent. So. But I don't. I didn't see a reason for it. I don't know why some yeah. some bishops are saying, "Yeah, you can," and others are saying you can't. Uh, the ones that uh, the kind of more level headed ones seem to be saying, "Hey, you can do this, but you need to make up for it in other ways." You know. So yeah, I guess I if that's part of your religious faith, I mean, it makes sense. You know. I know that they that they can get re- religion in general can get a little flexible with the way things are behaved. It's like, yeah, we'll do we'll do this, but. I'm a little surprised the Pope just doesn't say something. It's like, hey, you either can or you can't. Right. But yeah. I mean, I guess that's in, in the, the the whole hierarchy of of that faith. He's that's just a, a matter he just not concerned with. I guess right. I don't know. But in reality, do what you want. You're yeah. you're an adult. Most of you just do what you want there. Just so. just pray a little extra hard after yeah. you do it. <laughs> say a little prayer. But yeah, you know what? People can do what they want. I just thought it was interesting with the falling on Friday there that uh, it was important important to. Uh, to get the meat. I think it's just interesting that a rig- uh, religion will kind of bend a bit to uh, satisfy the, I don't know, the the, the secular enjoyment of, of the people involved. But yeah. you know what? 
Churches aren't terribly popular these days. I think they have to do a little giving to keep people in. But if you're serious about your faith enough to do Lent, yeah. And I'll be honest, I do know a lot of people who observe Lent that really they just look forward to Friday fish fries. So, I mean, there's places that we've got a buddy, Dan, that lives in Ohio. Dan's not even religious. He just takes advantage of the, of the church fish fries on Friday. But up there, there's podcasts about where to get the best fish fries. You know, there's maps on the churches and schedules with who's doing the fish fries. So, I mean, that sounds like a good one to enjoy. Have your fish on Friday with some beer, have your Guinness and a, you know, fish and chips, and then fire up the, uh, the crock pot for some corned beef and cabbage, or maybe some bacon and cabbage or an Irish stew that evening, cook it overnight or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to go. I like the idea of a fish fry. I'm going to keep an eye out and see if there's any out there that uh, I need to, because I don't think I've ever been to a, a you know, yeah. a, a Lent fish fry thing before. No, I don't no. believe. But so. you know, Brian, they're flexible because St. Patrick being such a huge, uh, you know, saint for Ireland and celebrating all that dude wasn't even Irish, Brian. No, no, I don't think he was Yeah, based on. So I, I, I com, but uh, yeah, St. Patrick, he lived during the fifth century. So this is, this has been a, uh, a religious holiday for over a thousand years in Ireland, which is insane. It's so, so long ago, fifth century, probably born in uh, 390. Uh, he was kidnapped. He wasn't from Ireland. So he was kidnapped by pirates and brought to Ireland as a slave at the age of 16. He escaped and left the, the island, but then he went back at a certain point in time. He's credited with bringing uh, Christianity to Ireland. According to legend, he did this by using the Irish clover to explain the Holy Trinity to locals. He is believed to have died around the age of 70 on March 17th, 491, hence the March 17th situation with the uh, the holiday. So I got to admit the three-leaf clover and Trinity thing, that's that's pretty smart. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's a clever thing. Now, what does he do with the four-leaf clover? What, what's that fourth leaf? You don't. You don't. That, I actually think that was something I'd heard, <laughs> is that the four-leaf clover is not as uncommon as some people think. And that the more significant one, because of the use of the Trinity and all of that, is the three leaf. So, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's definitely part of it. So, yeah, a thousand years, three ninety to four sixty one. He's and we still have parades. We do all this stuff. We drink all these beers. We do all this partying for a guy that's a uh, man. He hasn't seen the light of day in a long, long 1500 time. Fifteen hundred years or better. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Seriously, that's interesting. He's. So it's been a holiday for a thousand years, but he's been gone for fifteen hundred years. So what happened between those five hundred years? Yeah, well, the, like, hey, why you know did what? it suddenly become a holiday? holiday? Who knows? Yeah, maybe they found some ancient text, Brian. Could be. You know what? People become saints. Like again, I'm not a Catholic, but I understand that people go back and review the activity of people and say, well, he they performed X number of miracles or things that were decided okay. to be miracles. They get and canonized and or, or pope, what have you. Yeah, Pope will say, well, now he's a saint. Boom, I, saint. I, I think yeah, he's St. Patrick, so yes, maybe I, he was I made a saint. A saint. Yeah, I believe that is a fair assumption. It took me a second. I had to look at the holiday's name again That's to fair. confirm it, but uh, maybe 500 years later, he became a saint. It's I don't not know. Patrick's Day, right? Yeah, it's not Pat. That would be fun. <laughs> be fun. I'm down. I'm you know what? Uh, we would probably still party just as hard we as would. Patrick's we would. Day. Yeah. But, uh, Brian, there's some discrepancy, it seems, on where the first parades because this used to be a strictly religious holiday and it was only recently that it became kind of the secular celebration it is right yeah it is pretty recent uh so the 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 information the parades are a little bit a little sketchy but apparently in 1848 several new york irish aid societies got together they unified a bunch of parades they were doing into one official new york city 
uh, St. Patrick's Day parade. I know that there's also been parades for a long period of time in Chicago, Philadelphia, Savannah. The uh, the one in New York does has like three million people that line up to see it. The the other ones in uh, those other cities between ten thousand and twenty thousand participants each. Uh, it's it's hard to say. I I think I had notes on some other places, but they've been going some on say for a it long started time. Sixteen hundreds in, uh, yeah. in a Spanish colony. Some say the first one in a major American city was in seventeen seventy two. It's all over the place, Brian. Yeah. Who knows with these parades? You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We need to take a break, but we'll be right back. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show i want to give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates extra 106.3 fm in marietta georgia catch beer guys radio and extra 106.3 every saturday at 4 p.m now let's get back to the saint patrick's day show the saint patrick's day show brian there's so much about saint patrick's day you know, what he did, uh, like you shared with us about him bringing Christianity to Ireland Correct. and not even being Irish in the origin. But, Brian, you know what I like to talk about? Yes. I like to talk about beer. Uh, I do, too. So, And there are a few styles that are known for that. And I think no matter where you go, no matter what you do, Guinness really says Ireland, right? It does, yes. So Guinness is a dry Irish stout, probably Correct. the most famous dry Irish. What is a dry Irish stout? So a dry Irish stout, uh, you, you know it obviously from Guinness, Murphy's, Beamish, that sort of thing, or a variety. Or your local. Your local craft one. brewery yeah. is doing one. They should be lower in ABV. We're looking at 4 to 5%. They might be a little higher up for the uh, the craft local ones. They might bump it up a bit. But the uh, the stuff out there in the markets, 4 to 5% typically. Lighter in body, but dark in color. So people will see a dark beer and think, oh, my gosh, that's a strong beer. It's not. It's, it's uh, actually... Guinness is pretty crushable for the the yeah. color. You would not expect it's, how crushable it is. And I forget having not, you know, not having one for a while going back and drinking. It, it's like, this goes down so easy. There are so easy light beers that have more calories in a pint than a Guinness does. There's a ton of them. So yeah. that's, you know, people, people think Guinness and think a dark beer is boozier, more caloric and that not, not the case, Brian, not, not at all. It should, in terms of flavor, it should be kind of roasty, have notes of, coffee and chocolate and it doesn't need to be in any way bitter or astringent it should be like a lot of people like to say about beer it should be fairly smooth right with with these interesting notes to them so guinness of course being the one we all really know and love with uh with dry irish stouts they started making that back in 1759 and exporting the first batches of that about 10 years later so it's the most popular dry Irish stout in the world. It basically is synonymous with the holiday. It's brewed in 50 countries. This might even be a few years old. I bet, I bet it's even higher now. 
than it was. Yeah, I'm sure. So St. James Gate Brewery in Dublin, Ireland, has had over 20 million visitors since it opened in 2000. I was one of those visitors. And uh, I don't know which visitor I was. but uh, And was, you're not even from Ireland. No, no, I'm not yeah. at all. And I, w- I was not hijacked by pirates and taken there. That's I went bad. there of my own accord. That would be kind of cool if you were hijacked pirate. We're going to the brewery. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, fine. It would have been cheaper had the pirates you know, taken me there sure, on their vessel. Sure. would have taken yeah. longer and probably wouldn't have enjoyed the com- accommodations as much. So the uh, so Diageo now owns Guinness. It's a behemoth. It's uh, kind of a conglomeration of some other L- London-based businesses. Uh, Guinness gets his signature tang, and I think it's unique to Guinness, by blending or formally by blending an older portion of their beer, aged beer. So it got a little bit of a sour tang to it uh, with with the newer beer and then uh, canning or bottling that up or putting that on draft. I don't know if they still do that. Uh, every time I've tried to look into it, there's no real Just answers. Can't find the info. Yeah, gotcha. and I suspect yeah. that they probably found a way of uh, improving that process so it doesn't involve aging beer because that's inefficient, honestly, and they have a lot of beer to make. The widget in the can of Guinness was invented by them in 1988. So 88, huh? Okay. Prior to that, all the Guinness you would have ever had was probably that export stuff, a little stronger and not nearly as carbonated. No all, nitro Just there. CO2, yeah. No not nitro. carbonated, nitrogenated. Yeah, not nitrogenated. Yes, yeah, not so, nitrogenated. And for those, I think, you know, we get some new folks that listen to our show that are just yeah. learning about craft beer. So, you know, nitrogen as compared to just CO2 for the carbonation, going to give you a lighter, creamier. If you've seen a Guinness pour, they pour it, they let it set, you get the cascade there. Yes. You know, the, the soft, silky bubbles cascading down through there. They'll set and top it off again with that. And it gives you a pretty firm, creamy head on yes. the beer. So that's one of the lovely things with nitrogen, nitro beers, as they say. So I believe part of the reason they don't use nitro for more things is it's just more difficult to keep it in solution. I think it is. a yeah. lot more of it escapes. And so over time, it will wind up being flatter than, than uh, uh, your average CO2 right. beer. But... You know, speaking of the smaller bubbles, if you have a good craft beer or a good, you know, any beer, the smaller the CO2 bubbles are in it, typically the better and more enjoyable it will be. It will have creamier body. Creamier, silky. The actual size of the the gas bubbles does have a play a tremendous role in the quality, perceived quality of the beer. And we have a couple devices here, Brian, that mimic somewhat that and actually work. Uh, yeah, I'm forgetting the name of physics, it now, right? It was the a physics, physics machine, but the, it takes it and uses vibrations like Sonic or is it just the, vibration? I think I don't remember, but I, can't it's, remember. I think it's Sonic vibrations. Yeah. Good vibrations, Brian, <laughs> although only the good uh, but it actually works. It does a pretty decent job of simulating a nitro pour. So you get the creamier, the softer. And if you try a few different beers with that style, some don't work well. It, it mutes the flavors to where they're not as good. Others, it amplifies the flavors you're looking for. But we had a lot of fun kind of playing with that and, uh, you know, seeing what was going on. And, you know, speaking of Guinness, uh, we have talked to a couple of Irish craft brewers. And, you know, everybody's got their opinions on macros. Where we prefer our craft beer, Brian, we're probably not as hard line as we were on the macros as we were a few years ago. Because yeah. we know brewers that have sold to the macro breweries. We know the reasons why they did that. We still don't go seeking out macro brews. But... People are still very opinionated on that. A lot of Americans, especially, and they talk about it. Like with these Irish craft breweries, you go into any Irish pub there, there's going to be a Guinness a lot of oh, sure. most of the time. And we talk to the craft brewers about, you know, why don't you just serve your beer? Because the brewers there can own their pubs as well. And they said, if you don't have Guinness on tap in an Irish bar, you don't have a bar. 
It's like, it's just that simple. If you don't serve Guinness, you'll go out of business. So <laughs> it's uh, kind of ubiquitous there. Well, think about it. Would you go into an Irish pub anywhere in the U.S. and if they didn't have Guinness? I mean, that, if you go into it, wouldn't you wouldn't you want to order a Guinness? I guess if you were like, I'm in the middle of nowhere and there's an Irish pub. And I would need, be surprised. Yeah. I would be surprised to go into an Irish bar and like, let me get a pint of Guinness. So like, we don't have Guinness. I would be, I'd be pretty taken aback. Now the difference being is if I went to a brewery that said they specialize in being an Irish brewery. Of course I would want, I would be very shocked if they didn't have a dry Irish nitro style. True. True. And I've been to a number of Irish pubs around the U S where you go in it's, this is definitely more of a party zone and they'll have various frozen shots and things like that. They do still have the Guinness. They do have the bare requirement for being an Irish pub. I've been some places where I'm like, this is, they get, they, they probably sell a lot more vodka out of here. than Yes. Oh, Guinness. Can I get you a fireball or a Jaeger shot to go with your Guinness? Oh yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Trays of them and specials on the Guinness wouldn't be bad. You know what? It probably not. We could make it happen. Do we have, I think think we've got one in there somewhere around here. But Brian Guinness again is probably the, the most well-known, you know, people definitely have their preference Brian for some of the others. Like Murphy's is one that a lot of people love. We'll find out here in a minute. Uh, I think we did a taste test last year. We did. And I don't recall. So it'll be fun to see if uh, opinions stay the same on which ones we like. But uh, Murphy's, tell us a little bit about Murphy's. So Murphy's was founded in Cork, Ireland in 1856 by James J. Murphy. By 1906, it was Ireland's second largest brewery uh, after Guinness, purchased by Heineken. So it's a Heineken beer in 1983. Brewed to be less bitter than Guinness, uh, variously described as nutty, coffee-like, or even toffee-ish. Uh, and I do happen to remember from last year, it was a split house on what who, okay. who likes Guinness so. yeah. versus Murphy's more. And uh, I believe I've always been on the side of Murphy's in that situation, but I do have a soft spot in my heart for Guinness. Uh, the brewery changed its name from uh, to Heineken Brewery Ireland and produces Murphy's and Heineken products in the Irish market. So there's no longer just an, a Murphy's brewery anymore. Okay. So gotcha. it's, a, it's a Heineken situation. And then the newbie for us this year, Brian Sullivan's has a dry Irish stout, correct? Cor- uh, yeah, correct. And we don't actually have that one here. We've oh, got the red. Got, okay, we've fine. got the red and, and the, the gold. The red and the gold. I right. didn't see it in our okay. market, which is interesting. But there, this is an interesting story. I don't know anything about them. Apparently, they were founded in 1702 in Kilkenny County, uh, Ireland. And uh, the family lost the brewery in a bet in the early 1900s. as a horse race, I That's think. That's fun. And it's now brewed. They got it back at some point. They didn't get the full scoop on it, but it's now brewed in Kilkenny, Dublin, and uh, uh, yeah, Dublin, Ireland, I guess, and uh, Buffalo, New York. So I think part of the reason we have it here is okay. probably because it's brewed in Buffalo, New York. What fun! Brian. Yes, good stuff. All right. Well, you are listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're going to break out some more stouts. Have a good yes. time. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room, or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's tap room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap, with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Try out axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's a perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing.
follow the beer guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Roger, Roger. What's our back there, Victor? Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Now let's get back to the St. Patrick's Day show. Yes, Brian, we're going to talk about a beer we're drinking right now. We have, um, you are mistaken, we didn't have Murphy's. We don't. I'm sorry. We 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 don't don't have the Murphy's Dry Irish Stout. But we have opened the left-hand Dry Irish Stout Nitro. And something that we had a discussion on, Brian, we want to tell folks how to pour this. Because it's a little different than your other beers. So Indeed. if you have a nitro can, you want to pop that can and fully invert it 180 degrees. Pour it hard into your glass. And that's going to give you the most, the closest to like a true nitro pour there. Like I've got mine. Brian, I'm going to tell on you, you didn't pour yours properly. I did. You no. opened it and you poured it slow like you would any other beer. Force a habit. Yeah. yeah. We opened another can, took it straight up. Nate and I have pours out of that. And our glasses here right now, Nate and I both have a full, thick, rich head of creamy brown foam. And yours looks slightly dissipated like any other beer would. Correct? Yeah, just a bit. Yeah. Right. You have Brian, a much you know richer, creamier gonna, head than mine. Let me see yours, Brian. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prompt you to share some info with us here. And I'm going to try to see if I notice a difference in this. But while I'm doing another sample, why don't you tell us what you think of this beer and what you get out of it? So I really, I really enjoy this beer. It's very close to being as good to me as Guinness, and it, I'm on the cusp. I really like this, the nice coffee notes, or a lot of a lot of like mocha y chocolateyness to it, tobaccoy notes to it. There's a minerality to it. I think Tim, you were describing as potentially like cigar ash, almost in, like, like a cigar good way. ash in a good way. Yeah, right. Which is uh, <laughs> odd, right? Which is it an odd weird. thing to say. Let's let's like uh, didn't somebody talk about? Uh, a, a tasting note where something tasted like river stones. And I'm like, what I think they on even went earth? as far as saying wet, 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 wet river stones. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to dry stones. Cause no one likes those. Yeah, those are the, that's revolting. Yeah. But wet river stones. Oh, the finest. Yeah. 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 So what did you think you did? a did- Brian, I dig that. So I do think mine has a little more mouthfeel. I think the flavors are coming across pretty similar there, Brian. Uh, I think mine does have a little creamier mouthfeel to it, but not substantially. Definitely a noticeable difference in my opinion. So uh, it definitely does. It, yeah. It, but it, I think for the sure flavors does. presented, we're getting that rich, roasty coffee ash. I got to say it again. Yeah. I hate saying that, but, you know, tobacco, I get it more out of yours. Quality than tobacco ash is is what I would say. But uh, in a great way. And overall, this is really nice, man. It actually delivered more than I expected from it. You know, comparing it to the Guinness, I still dig Guinness and I'd be hard pressed to say I like this better. This is a little different. And it's very enjoyable. It's yeah, it's actually a lot different now that it, now that I'm tasting too. It's really hard to compare the two. It's amazing that they're the same style. And tasting yours, I'm like, if you've ever dropped a really good uh, a really good cigar in an ashtray and got a little bit of the cigar dusting on the Get end a of little it, bit on and, there. You, yeah. and you take another hit off of it, and you're like, got that in your mouth. It's like yeah. it's a tasty cigar, but also there's some ash there. Take it's not Guinness, completely revolting, but puff you about half a cigar <laughs> and then snub it out in your glass. <laughs> Boom. Exactly. You'll love it. That sounds like old timey hobo thing. You know, they always had the old later. cigars. And they put, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, Brian, we wanted to talk a little bit more uh, in the simplest terms. Folks know the black and tan. Which correct. Is I believe it's harp, Guinness and harp for a black and tan. Correct. Oh, well, no, that's a half and half. Sorry. The traditional is yeah. Guinness and bass. Ale. Guinness and bass. Okay. Guinness and harp is technically referred to as a half and half. But some people also call it a black and tan the same way. A lot of these kind of have. Loosey goosey rules with the names. There's not a 
uh, a body that uh, is enforcing the, the naming of these. So right. it's kind it's, of up to you. But because yeah. I had mentioned, I had heard one called a snake bite. Yes, which I was told was Guinness Insider. It's lager insider. Yeah. So but I believe specifically harp, but it may be any lager and okay. insider. But so, there's a lot more than just the snake bite and the half and half, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a ton of these. But I, I've got to say that this whole idea of like a traditional half, it's, it's traditional in that it's been a tradition in the United States. It's a creation here. This is not really an Irish thing. This is an Irish-American thing. Yeah. And maybe not even Irish-American. And it's it, one thing about these before I get into some of the variations on them. People think that these are actually boozier beverages because you're mixing the two. You're really just averaging the ABVs of them. So I I think that that's like you're adding whiskey there. Exactly. Well, you could. You could. Yes. But then you'd still be averaging the ABVs. Yeah. Half put Irish whiskey halfway up on the pints in the bottom and then pour Guinness on top of it. Yeah. That's so that would be. Less than uh, just a, a regular whiskey, a pint of whiskey. It would. But it'd be more than your standard Guinness. Yeah. So that's That's, that's the, the seltzer you were talking about earlier, right? I, I believe so. Yeah, your whiskey yeah. and your Guinness a little bit. So as I mentioned, the half and half is Guinness and Harp Lager. We may have one later because we do have some Harp here. Uh, a black and blue, which is probably the second most common or third most common one I ever see mentioned anywhere. It, a black and blue is a blue moon and a Guinness. So okay. it's kind of a wit and a Guinness. It's really, it's really popular for some reason. Black and gold which is Guinness and a Magners or another cider. I didn't like that. I did, I remember disliking that. Yeah. I really didn't care for Magners in general, but I know yeah. that I didn't care for the combination of the two. Yeah. In, in the black and gold, I got to p- point out the, the Guinness and Guinness and a cider is, is not a snake snake bite that frequently is called a snake bite for some reason. All right. Lager and cider, as we pointed out, black velvet, Guinness and champagne. I still I'm need interested. to try this. Yeah. I want to try this very much. We had this earlier. Uh, no, we didn't. I'm sorry. We had a blacksmith. Black and red is another red ale. Killian's red with Guinness. Uh, alternately, a raspberry lambic top with Guinness or a chocolate stout is also also I'm, I'm called a black and red. That's that sounds that. great. Or a we, creek. Yeah, a creek or a frambois. If you got one of the ones that, especially if you got ones with a little bit of back sweetened on it, like if they were is super funky, aren't they the ones? Yeah, Lindemans. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Uh, there's such a thing as a black and orange, which is would be a stout, a Guinness, or in a pumpkin ale. So that's I hate that idea. Yeah, Go on, it's let's uh, along. you know what? If you like, if you like like the the concept of like a chocolate pumpkin pie or or any beers that have been done in that vein, you might enjoy that. The Irish American slash AKA the black and trash, black which and is trash. Guinness All and right. Miller or Bud. Okay, we got a black tire, which Can you is use cores. Uh, you know what? I bet you we you could. could use the BMC. You right? mentioned PBR, PBR earlier, and yeah. I was thinking, you know what? Or Ice House or something like that. Bush Light. I'm guessing all those would, would qualify as a black and trash. Black Tire, which has changed since the last time we talked about that. That was Guinness and Fat Tire, uh, New Belgium's Fat Tire. It'll be different, but I guess it would still be a black tire because Fat Tire, they changed the recipe, but they didn't change the name of the beer. So, uh, oh, one I've got to try. I'm still on my to-do list. Black eight or the black eight ball, which is Guinness and Old English eight hundred. Yes, yes. We got the Irishman in Texas, aka the Black and Bach, which is Guinness and Shinerbach. I think we might have tried this. I'm not 100 percent sure. I think we did. We have also got Ginling, which is uh, also known as the Pennsylvania Tan or the Philadelphia Black and Tan. It's the Guinness over Yingling, and there are so many other variants. So many others. Do what you want. And right? the thing is, is a lot of these variants have more to do with like coming up with a clever name than they have to, you know, like. Is this a good combination of beers? It's just like 
what kind of outrageous stuff can we come up with? Look, I know you've been a Borg head lately, Brian. Yeah. Have you tried a Black and Borg? I haven't tried a Black and Borg. Do you have a name for that yet? I just literally just gave it. Black and, just Black and Borg? Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to give it something beyond that. No, well, I Black and Borg think would that be one's good. got a nice... Uh, well, we've got some... What do they call that with the intonation? Is that the right word I'm looking for? What, the... Black and Borg? You Black got, and Borg? You, you got the bees there. Oh, alliteration. You've alliteration. got that going for you. you that's go. okay. So that's nice. We do have one that's a, a fruit punch one. Maybe I'll try that later. See yeah. if I, I can float Guinness. Over sounds top disgusting. Of it. Let's do it. I know it does. Yeah. It sounds awful. So Brian, there's just a lot you can do with St. Patrick's day, you know, a lot of stuff to get up on the 50 fifties that you mentioned, black and tan, you know, enjoy that. Get you some corned beef or, or a stew or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's a good time. I enjoy it, man. I yeah. like I like celebrating these holidays. I don't like going out into the masses because to be a little arrogant, I consider these amateur hour holidays. They can be. So yes. there are people that drink way too much, get stupid, and they use it. Oh, my gosh, I'm Irish, this and that. Cinco de Mayo is another one. Yeah. It's another amateur hour kind of thing. So I love getting a Mexican lager and some tacos. Hang out with my friends. Go somewhere that's not so so insane. I love corned beef and cabbage and, you know, a dryer style. I'm actually thinking about making me some stew with Guinness, man, because that's that's good stuff. One thing I discovered this year, an interesting fun fact about it's about the Green Rivers, specifically yeah, the one in okay. Chicago. You know that the dye they use in the green to make the river green is actually orange. I found that out this year. It's an orange powder. It's an orange powder they put in the river that turns the river green. I'm trying to think what that means for the river. That doesn't sound good. That you use an orange to not, powder to dye the river green. It's supposed to not be a bad thing. It's proprietary. There was, uh, I found it out, and there was like very closely held secret. They don't tell you how it works. Just that it goes in orange, and it turns the river green. Wow. How is that possible? And uh, people were talking about it, and they said that all the people that are actually involved in dyeing because people watch this happen, they're all stained orange. Like even their eyeballs are stained orange because of the powder. Like it's scary. It's awful. It does. It's terrible. Right. <laughs> but they do a lot of other rivers as well, as well around the around the country. Yeah. So get the green. Brian, that wraps it up for our St. Patrick's Day episode. Next week, Brian, good fun. We are going to a homebrew competition. Oh, yeah. The largest one in Georgia. And we're going to talk homebrewing. Now we're going to talk homebrew competition. So for more craft or info, you really should follow us online. Yes. We're Beer Guys Radio on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in to the St. Patrick's Day episode. Have a great week and we'll see you soon. Cheers. Cheers.